Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here tonight, it's Ian, the captain, and nobody. I'm more nerd than geek. Okay, what's the difference? Like one is, uh, I don't know, uh, one is more culture and the other one's more technician. Which one's which? Geek is more technician, nerd is more culture. Uh, Because nerd is often referred to as like, like comic book culture is referred to as part of nerd culture, right? Mm -hmm. So if you collect a bunch of comic books, you've got some favorites and you're a fan of certain different comic series, you're a comic book nerd. But are you a geek? Hmm. No, unless you're like designing the video game for your favorite comic book, then you might okay. be a geek. I'm I'm just spitballing. I don't know this for a fact. It just seems to me that those are the the cultural definitions. Now, that's interesting. Now, would you would you say that over the last few decades that both of those terms have become more kind of acceptable? Because when absolutely, I know when I was growing up, it was not cool to be either a nerd or a geek. Yeah, right? I I talked about this. I think on last week's beard talk live oh and by the way before we talk about this tomorrow night before we talk about this any further uh welcome to uh i guess show number one of a four show kick-ass weekend yeah buddy so i'm about to do four shows in three days in one weekend does that make you a geek for free talk live i still think i'm a nerd you've got the technical ability Anyway, I thought I heard some rustling. Is there a nobody out there? Nobody, nobody might be here. Nobody knows. We hear him. We oh. hear nobody. Well, it's Welcome. not Russell. Welcome, sir. Groovy. <laughs> Good to have you. Uh, we're uh, we're talking about near- nerds and geeks. I presume you heard Captain's explanation. Do you uh, concur, or what do you think? Yeah, nobody knows the difference. <laughs> so when I think I talked about this on Beard Talk Live last week, but mm-hmm. when I was growing up, like you would get bullied. Yeah, yeah. For like playing Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Right. You were, oh, look at the little geeks playing the little geek game. <laughs> right. You know, and like Chad with his. studied Kung Fu. Chad with his Letterman's jacket mm. would come over and like flip your table or something, you know, right. or, you know, shove your, you know, papers in your face or whatever. And him and his buddies would point and laugh. Ha 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 ha. Stuff like that. It seemed to change with the movie Revenge of the Nerds. Have you been paying attention, nobody, to this uh, bank man situation with the cryptocurrency Sounds exchange? like a superhero going to rescue us from all the <laughs> not central quite. banking, right? The Federal <laughs> Reserve. But no, that's not how it works. No, he didn't look like a superhero, I'll tell you that. But this guy that ran this FTX crypto exchange that took a nosedive uh, this week, have you been following this story? Uh, I have not. Really? Oh, I'm surprised. This uh-huh. is this is it's actually so big now it made the headline at the Drudge Report tonight. This yeah. thing's been developing all week long. This FTX, which is a newer crypto exchange. Apparently it only started just a couple of years ago. And this guy rose to prominence real fast. He became this kind of media darling. And I first became aware of him when I saw somebody posting on social media about this guy with this ego. Oh, I never heard about him until like just this week. Just this week, yeah. yeah. I heard about him because never trust a media darling. If the yeah. media are pushing somebody, there's a reason, and the reason is probably bad. Right. And the good the guy's name was Bankman. I mean, what else did you need as far did, as a warning? Wasn't it like serial killer style? He had three names, and like his middle name was Bankman. Sam Bankman Fried was his, Fried, uh, was his yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Weird. Yeah. That's that just reassuring from beginning to end. Somebody claimed on the internet today that uh, his aunt is on the World Economic Forum. Right. As I, well. I also heard that um, the I didn't girl, vote for her. 
the girl that he's associated with, not mm-hmm. his wife. His girlfriend. Uh, apparently, there's some sort of potential sex cult thing going on, too, oh, with really? all the people who are behind FTX. Whoa. Like, they all, like, live together, and supposedly, this is just stuff that, yeah, you know, yeah. I saw scrolling through my feed. I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, keep going. I, I was usually told there would be it, sex cults. So as uh, the first time I heard about this guy was when I saw that uh, he has an ego like the size of a building. And what I mean by that is he all of the advertisements for his Bitcoin exchange all featured him, which is kind of weird, right? Like normally when you when you see Bitcoin exchange advertising, it's the logo of the exchange and like, you know, some sort of keywords or a phrase or, you know, their tagline. But this guy is always him next to the logo, and his in his image yeah. is like the biggest part of the advertisement. And the dude literally bought building ads, you know, in like the big cities where they oh, yeah. they literally paint the entire side of a building somehow with whatever technology yeah. they can put a whole ad over it. This guy was literally, you know, twenty stories tall or something <laughs> like that. Some people are saying he's going to be facing criminal charges over this. They're they're claiming this is like Bernie Madoff style level kind of fraud uh, that was going on. He's alleged to have been taking billions of dollars worth of cryptocurrency and customer funds and then just gambling with them, doing stuff like investing them and trying to make money uh, with them and, you know, failing, I guess. So I got, uh, I think, three different emails and you, of course, pinged me about BlockFi. Uh, BlockFi was one of of the companies. Uh, BlockFi is uh, a company that offers many crypto services. Offered, uh, they may not. Well, <laughs> they may not survive and, this. And so I got, I got an email from them. They did loans, saying you, that you could get loans. Yeah, from, among others, I think yeah. they're an exchange as well, and they, they do some other credit card or something. Yeah, they do some yeah. other crypto-related business stuff, you know, and that kind of a thing. Uh, so does Coinbase. Mm-hmm. I got an email from them. I, I think I might still have a Coinbase account. I think I left, you know, mm-hmm. fifty cents in it or something in case. I ever need it again. Hopefully I don't because, well, I kind of hate those guys. Uh, BlockFi is really no different. Uh, Somebody else, I think Milo, sent me an email, and I've never done any actual business. I've just opened an account with them uh, at some point in the past and never did anything with it. And so, of course, they've got my email address and they send me stuff. But I I received emails from, like, these are three of the more, like, major crypto companies as Mm -hmm. far as uh, amount of money they deal with and that kind of thing, all because of this guy. And and his mm. thing. So like like BlockFi was like, hey, we're limiting withdrawals for the moment until yeah. we get clarity on like exactly what happened. Coinbase said, hey, uh, we have a whole bunch in reserves. Nothing to worry about. Operate as usual. Here's mm-hmm. evidence. Like they offered mm-hmm. one company actually offered uh, publicly displayed their uh, crypto holdings uh, address. Yep. And so, like, anybody can go look on the blockchain and see how much is in that wallet and see that they aren't lying about how much they have in their, quote, reserves, unquote. And so then I saw... uh, I heard Crypto.com did that. I think it was Mm Crypto.com. I saw a tweet from Eric Voorhees of Shapeshift. Yes. Uh, and uh, Great guy. He made a point. Former amplifier on Free Talk Live. Yes, also very libertarian in in his uh, beliefs. Uh, He made a great point, and that was... When stuff like, like FTX happens in the government world, in mm-hmm. the statist world, uh, you get government bailouts at the cost or at the uh, you know behest of the taxpayer. That's right. But when it happens in the market, they just go under like these guys did. That's right. Now, whether it was a failure of incompetence or perhaps corruption with this person, I don't know. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, maybe this was the plan all along. Who knows how dastardly, you know, this really was. Or it could have just been he's a screw up and right. he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Uh, could have been any of those things. Or maybe it's a hack. Some of these crypto exchanges have gone down as far as uh, hackers have taken advantage of them, and, and they've lost customer funds from that. So you Right, because if you can't hack the cryptocurrency itself, the easiest target is to target either the users right. or the exchange. So this Sam Bankman Fried is his name. He has now filed for Chapter 11, or his exchange, FTX, has filed for Chapter 11 in the United States, according to a company statement posted on Twitter. He has also stepped down as CEO and has been succeeded by some other poor bastard. Wait, do you remember the difference between Chapter 9 and Chapter 11? Uh, I think Chapter 11 is the one that you try to come back from. Okay. But I could be, I could be wrong about okay. that. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to come back from this. Because what they tried to do, apparently, earlier this week, they tried to go to the biggest Bitcoin exchange on the planet, which is called Binance. Yep. And he went to the CEO of Binance and said, can you help us out? And Binance initially entered into a temporary agreement they were saying, buy them. yeah, we'll buy you out, yeah. but we got to do our due diligence first. So right. we can leave this agreement if we want to. That was It wasn't a binding thing at all. And within 24 hours, Binance came back out and said, eh, no, we don't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> uh, and then apparently also just now today they're coming out. You mentioned Coinbase, also one of the world's largest uh, cryptocurrency exchanges. This bank man went to Coinbase as well this week and asked for some sort of a bailout. Yeah. And Coinbase said, mm, no, we don't want to get involved in this. So none of the other people want to bail this company out. Not surprised. It's, it's probably really, really ugly as far as the financials are concerned. They don't now, want to take that risk on. Now imagine if, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, something like government came to the people and were like, hey, do you want to spend billions of dollars to bank out these uh, or bail out these uh, banksters from like the 2008 crash? Mm -hmm. yep. And if everybody got to say no, you think they, anybody would have said, said yes? They would have said no, yeah, of they course they said would have. No. So, you know, the difference between the market and, you know, the state here is just choice. You get choice. These companies get a choice. Yep. Nobody's going to for I mean, I don't know. Perhaps government will come in and be like, okay, taxpayers, we're bailing out FTX. We're going to force you to bail them out and hand them some of your hard-earned taxpayer money. I, You know, one of the questions here is, is this guy going to face criminal charges for this? Uh, I mean, he's obviously ruined financially. You know, that's that's enough punishment for a lot of people. But a lot of people are calling for jail time. Now, whether it was a failure of incompetence or perhaps corruption with this person, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe this was the plan all along. Who knows how dastardly, you know, this really was. Or it could have just been he's a screw up and right. he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Uh, could have been any of those things. Or maybe it's a hack. Some of these crypto exchanges have gone down as far as uh, hackers have taken advantage of them, and, and they've lost customer funds from that. So you Right, because if you can't hack the cryptocurrency itself, the easiest target is to target either the users right. or the exchange. So this Sam Bankman Fried is his name. He has now filed for Chapter 11, or his exchange, FTX, has filed for Chapter 11 in the United States, according to a company statement posted on Twitter. He has also stepped down as CEO and has been succeeded by some other poor bastard. Wait, do you remember the difference between Chapter 9 and Chapter 11? Uh, I think Chapter 11 is the one that you try to come back from. Okay. But I could be, I could be wrong about okay. that. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to come back from this, because what they tried to do, apparently, earlier this week, they tried to go to the biggest Bitcoin exchange on the planet, which is called Binance. Yep. And he went to the CEO of Binance and said, can you help us out? 
And Binance initially entered into a temporary agreement they were saying, gonna buy them. yeah, we'll buy you out, yeah. but we got to do our due diligence first. So right. we can leave this agreement if we want to. That was It wasn't a binding thing at all. And within 24 hours, Binance came back out and said, yeah, no, we don't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> uh, and then apparently also just now today they're coming out. You mentioned Coinbase, also one of the world's largest uh, cryptocurrency exchanges. This bank man went to Coinbase as well this week and asked for some sort of a bailout. Yeah. And Coinbase said, mm, no, we don't want to get involved in this. So none of the other people want to bail this company out. Not surprised. It's, it's probably really, really ugly as far as the financials are concerned. They don't now, want to take that risk on. Now imagine if, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, something like government came to the people and were like, hey, do you want to spend billions of dollars to bank out these uh, or bail out these uh, banksters from like the 2008 crash? Mm-hmm. Yep. And if everybody got to say no, you think they, anybody would have said, said yes? No. Yeah, of they course they would have. No. So, you know, the difference between the market and, you know, the state here is just choice. You get choice. These companies get a choice. Nobody's going to afford, I mean, I don't know, perhaps governments will come in and be like, okay, taxpayers, we're bailing out FTX. We're going to force you to bail them out and hand them some of your hard-earned taxpayer money. You know, one of the questions here is, is this guy going to face criminal charges for this? Uh, I mean, he's obviously ruined financially. You know, that's that's enough punishment for a lot of people. But a lot of people are calling for jail time uh, for this individual. But you have to remember, he's given billions of dollars to political causes. He's given billions of dollars to people like Joe Biden. You know, I think that might just wow. buy him some, quote unquote, fairness from the Ugh. so-called justice system. But we'll see. Who knows? Maybe they will try to string him up. But really, the question is here, was this the plan all along? Is Bankman a federal plant in the first place. You can share your thoughts here. It is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here and bring up anything you want. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Ian, the captain, nobody here. You can join us online, of course, at freetalklive.com. And if you worked or lived at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988, you've suffered from cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, or you know somebody, family member perhaps, who has suffered these things and also lived at Camp Lejeune, uh, you might be entitled to compensation. Now, what you want to do is call the phone number I'm about to give you, and they will be able to help you figure out whether you or a loved one are eligible for potential payments, uh, contaminants were in the drinking water at those times, so there might be deadlines involved in this. So don't wait to call this number, 888-918-1037. That's 888-918-1037. If you were at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and you've had a serious health issue, money is already set aside. The number again, 888-918-1037. As we continue here, we're talking about Bankman. Sam Bankman Fried, a guy who... Uh, like, I expect him to get the uh, electric chair now. Well, I doubt that. Just because of his last name. Uh, that would be a pretty uh, pretty surprising turn of events. Usually people... Maybe, maybe he gets Epstein's. What do you think? Well, there have been jokes going around suggesting that uh, Sam Bankman didn't kill himself, suggesting that if he is indeed arrested, that he will be tur- you know turned up dead. Kind people of getting in front of situation. the meme ball. He was very wealthy up until the beginning of this week when there was the sell-off of the token that his exchange was based on. So 
This guy founded this crypto exchange purportedly a couple of years ago. And like a lot of crypto websites and exchanges, he created his own cryptocurrency token or crypto. I don't really know much about the FTX or FTT token or whatever yeah, it was either. called. But but apparently they were taking out loans based on this token that, of course, really had no actual like backing or real value beyond the fact that the crypto exchange existed and people liked it at that time. So when the questions started arising about the potential liquidity of this crypto exchange, whether or not it actually had the customer funds on hand to back withdrawal demands, then the price of this token started going down and it went from like $25 per unit to $2.50 within a period of like 24 hours. There was a huge sell-off on this thing. And, of course, that's going to result in all kinds of uh, loans being called in. What is that, like a thousand X? dip 10x 10x yeah but it's it's still huge right yeah. like that's that's a huge loss for anybody that was holding on to that stuff and apparently had a lot of the employees had taken bonuses in this token and they just had their savings uh wiped out as a result it reminds of me of the dot bomb era yeah, this was a pretty bad situation. So here's the story from CNBC. Uh, Sam Bankman Fried had, and his exchange has now filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. Approximately 130 affiliated companies are part of the proceedings, including Alameda Research, which is his crypto trading firm, and FTX.US, which is the company's U.S. subsidiary. Here's another kicker. Just a day or so after things were looking bad, and it was obvious that there that FTX was going down. Yeah. There's FTX, which is their main trading platform internationally. And then there's FTX.us, right. which is their U.S.-based, because the U.S. is like way worse than a lot of comp- other countries at regulations and things like that. Yep. So they just, the way these companies work, Binance does this too. There's right. Binance.us. They have their own U.S. subsidiary that can do all the hoop jumping for the U.S. government and kind of keep everything separated from the other site. That way they don't get in trouble for what's going on on their other site. So the statement this guy made publicly like 24 hours ago or so was that, oh, yeah, everything's fine with FTX.us. Everything's fine there. We've got plenty of money. All is well. And now they're filing for bankruptcy the next day. So, like, it seems like what this guy was doing was he's trying to kick the can down the road and stop people from withdrawing money from his site because that's what obviously people are going to go and do. They're going to they're yeah. going to panic and they're going to go right. and hit the withdrawal yeah. button and Quote, the, bank and on, run unquote right bankman run right <laughs> on the U.S. version of the site. Apparently, withdrawals hadn't been frozen, but on the international oh. site, the withdrawals had been frozen. But now they're saying FTF, uh, FTX.US is also involved in the bankruptcy. If governments believe, as we do, and that is that cryptocurrency is sort of coming for them, right? It's it's a coming for the government for, for the government, yeah. right? It can replace government money. Uh, it should replace government. Hopefully, money, it will. In, in, in my opinion, yeah. uh, and so if they believe, as we do, that it's only a matter of time before that happens, they're going to want to attack it in any way that they possibly can. Right. So how could they possibly attack it now? Make it look bad. Culturally, mm-hmm. right? They want make it look to dangerous. Make risky. it look dangerous, make it look risky. I've seen a whole bunch of like non-technical people uh, posting on the social media about, oh, crypto crash, I told you it was all fake, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? The people oh, yeah. who never looked into it or whatever. Whereas yeah, I'm of the opinion that, it's just a mere bump in the road at this point. 
right? Yeah, this one crypto exchange did something that yeah has caused some backlash in the crypto market. Yeah, I, I think there it's was just a, a dive. I think it's sure. just a good time to buy. The, absolutely, absolutely, a buying opportunity for people out there. If I were legally able to do it, I certainly, I certainly would have snatched some up. It, it got as low as like almost fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, I saw that uh, a couple of days ago. And some people, of course, think this is going to continue to go down. I'm a little more optimistic about it. You know, like I said, we've seen this before. Yes, there there have been crypto exchanges who've been hacked, crypto exchanges who've been gone gone out of business, scam artists who've taken the crypto exchange and just shut it down entirely, exit scams as you might call it. Right. And yeah, sometimes the Bitcoin price takes a little dip, but it comes back because Bitcoin's bigger and cryptocurrency is bigger than this one guy right. and his one exchange. This is not the end at all. And a lot of people cannot see beyond the present moment. They right. don't they don't like zoom out, right? Because if you zoom out and you look at the price of Bitcoin over just the last, I don't know, few years, yeah. and you'll see that even though it's quote unquote down a year ago, yeah. it was like at record highs. It right. was sixty plus thousand dollars per Bitcoin. And it's been tumbling basically slowly ever since then. But all you have to do is go back to, let's see, uh, looks like mid-2020, so two years ago, and it's higher now than it was then. I was going to say, when I moved to New Hampshire in 2019, Bitcoin wasn't 10,000. If governments believe, as we do, and that is that cryptocurrency is sort of coming for them, Right, it's it's a coming for the government for, for the government. Yeah. Right, it can replace government money. Uh, it should replace government. Mo- Hopefully, money it will. In, in, in my opinion, yeah. uh, and so if they believe as we do that it's only a matter of time before that happens, they're going to want to attack it in any way that they possibly can. Right. So how could they possibly attack it now? Make it look bad culturally. Mm-hmm. Right. They want make it look to dangerous. Make risky. it look dangerous. Make it look risky. I've seen a whole bunch of like non-technical people uh, posting on the social media about, oh, crypto crash, I told you it was all fake, mm-hmm. huh? right? The oh, people yeah. who never looked into it or whatever. Whereas I'm of the opinion that and it's just a mere bump in the road at this point, right? Yeah, this one crypto exchange did something that yeah has caused some backlash in the crypto market. Yeah, I, I think there it's was just a dive. A, I think it's sure. just a good time to buy. No, absolutely, absolutely, a buying opportunity for people out there. If I were legally able to do it, I certain I certainly would have snatched some up. It, it got as low as like almost fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, I saw that uh, a couple of days ago. And some people, of course, think this is going to continue to go down. I'm a little more optimistic about it. You know, like I said, we've seen this before. Yes, there there have been crypto exchanges who've been hacked, crypto exchanges who've been gone gone out of business, scam artists who've taken the crypto exchange and just shut it down entirely, exit scams as you might call it. Right. And yeah, sometimes the big Bitcoin price takes a little dip, but it comes back because Bitcoin's bigger and cryptocurrency is bigger than this one guy and his one exchange. This is not the end at all. A lot of people cannot see beyond the present moment. They don't they don't like zoom out. Right. Because if you zoom out and you look at the price of Bitcoin over just the last, I don't know, few years and you'll see that even though it's quote unquote down a year ago. It was like at record highs. It was sixty plus thousand dollars per Bitcoin. And it's been tumbling basically slowly ever since then. But all you have to do is go back to let's see, uh looks like mid twenty twenty. So two years ago, and it's higher now than it was then. I was gonna say when I moved to New Hampshire in twenty nineteen, Bitcoin wasn't ten thousand. 
why people trust other people with their cryptocurrency, why they, it's just, it bewilders me. There's so many different examples of failure like this. It's like people need to wake up and you shouldn't have to lose your entire life savings. And some people are saying they had their entire life savings some, on this man's website. Some people are dumb. Uh, according to the story here at CNBC.com, in the space of days, FTX went from a $32 billion valuation to bankruptcy as liquidity dried up, customers demanded withdrawals, and rival exchange Binance ripped up its non-binding agreement to buy the company. FTX founder Bankman Fried admitted on Thursday that he effed up. Anthony Scaramucci, the, fo- think? Yeah, the founder of uh, Skybridge Capital and short-time Trump communications director, flew to the Bahamas this week to help Bankman Fried as an investor and friend. When he got there, he says it appeared beyond the point of a simple liquidity rescue. He said he didn't see evidence of this mishandling when he and others had first screened FTX as a potential business partner. Quote, duped, I guess, is the right word, but I'm very disappointed because I do like Sam. Well, a lot of people like a scam artist, right? Like a confidence man. They are very likable people. Look at, well, anybody who ran for any office. He says, I don't know what happened because I was not an insider at FTX. In a short period of time, according to CNBC, they expanded into non-crypto elements of life, such as pop culture. In the past uh, Super Bowl, it aired a commercial featuring comedian Larry David, in which David turned down an opportunity to invest in crypto. Aha. Uh-huh. Never trust a man with two first names, Larry David. GameStop. Hey. T- <laughs> Do you re- resemble that, nobody? I I did, and I would probably will again one day. Well, but for the moment, you don't, so you're That's safe. True. GameStop is winding down its partnership with FTX, according to people familiar with the matter. Under the agreement announced in September, GameStop sold FTX gift cards in select stores, while FTX promoted the retailer on an, on its exchange. And then they go on to list some of the other uh, companies that this is going to be affecting. 130 different companies. Because what happened in the last year or so was this FTX, this big savior of the crypto industry, they kept announcing that they were going to be buying up these failing crypto companies. So there was like, you mentioned BlockFi. I think it was mm-hmm. kind of one of these companies where they weren't on total failure level, but they were having a tough time. FTX swings in and says, we're flush with cash. We're going to save BlockFi, and we're going to save this other company over here, and we're going to save. And so they spent all this money acquiring all these failing uh, crypto companies, uh, like you know this crypto hero or whatever, and now they themselves, there's no one to turn to. Right. It's, it's looking really bad. This is just a minute and a half out of a much longer debate. Eric Voorhees from Shapeshift talking with this Sam Bankman, who, by the way, you're not going to get to see this man's body language. But as I mentioned, he's always like slumped over. He's not sitting up straight. And he's not even paying attention to Eric or the thing. You can see he's doing something. He's mm-hmm. like he's on a computer screen. He's looking over here. He's looking over there. Whereas Eric Voorhees is like focused on this debate. He's looking straight into the camera. Yeah. He's and somebody else said that in another uh, interview that this guy was doing this bank man. It turns out he was playing some video game the whole time during the interview. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's what he's uh, that's what he's doing here. Oh, but anyway, funny. here's the clip. And they're talking, by the way, about. Um, pull it up here. They're talking about uh, you know regulation because this bank man was a huge advocate for government regulation. Of course, Eric Voorhees, he's one of us. He's a he's a voluntarist. He's a yep. libertarian, hardcore, and he is obviously against that stuff. So here we go. By American targeting American retail had to be licensed. Um, I think that could be reasonable. Which Sam, is if that we, um, if 
the question, By the way, this is Eric. The real dorky sounding guy is uh, is Sam. Question was let's let's acknowledge that the email protocol will be permissionless as a protocol. Yep. But it was the law of the land in America that every email front end provider required KYC from its users. KYC, by the way, stands for Know, know your, your customer. customer. It's where they ask you a bunch of questions. You have to show ID, that kind of thing. Yeah. I have heard this clip. It's yeah. really good. Because under the justification that we do not want people sending information back and forth with terrorists, yep. where would you so, stand on that position? Oh, I'd be strongly against that position. I think why? Be, I think be, why? Why would I be against it? Because I think that it, I think it'd be like against freedom of speech. I think it'd be disenfranchising a lot of people. I think I would not trust in practice that it would do a good job. So I agree with you on all of that. Okay. Um, I'm making a distinction here between, for instance, payments versus like derivatives contracts. Why, why is Aave somehow different than email? So Aave is a crypto lending uh, decentralized finance platform. Um, why is it different than email? Um, you, you argued so well and so passionately yeah. to not block email with yeah. licensing and KYC. I loved hearing that. Yep. That filled my soul with joy. Such yeah. good arguments. Why yeah. does that not apply to financial transactions? So, um, why does it not apply to financial transactions? Um, I think there are a few things here. <laughs> so, first of all, it's been edited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I actually played this clip on, I don't know if it was Free Talk Live or Beard Talk Live. Oh, really? But on one of them two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So it, I, maybe it was one of the days you weren't here. Must have been, or I don't think I, I don't think this. it was a Sunday. But I just played it because of what Voorhees said regarding the analogy to email. Yeah, it's a great example. That, that you don't blockade people from sending email with KYC and mm-hmm. all these regulations and fees and licensing and, you know, this international crap. Luckily, there's still a good group of people out there, and a lot of them live here in New Hampshire, who understand that... Cryptocurrency, Bitcoin was created to create financial freedom for the individual. That freedom from the banks. Correct. To get away from the old system, the government money, the big banks, and to empower the individual. And I think a lot of those people are down in the Caribbean right now, and that's where our next caller, uh, Bill Barger, is with us. He's one of the, uh, the New Hampshire natives who's become a real uh, sort of noteworthy activist in the Manchester area here in New Hampshire. Uh, Bill, welcome to Free Talk Live. You're on the line. Go ahead. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Hey, Hey, you're calling us all the way from St. Kitts down there in the Caribbean, where, as I understand it, there's a big group of uh, Bitcoin Cash fans that have gathered together for a Bitcoin Cash conference. And I suspect there's a lot of these people that understand that Bitcoin was intended to be used as as you know currency and that's where the bitcoin cash focus has been ever since it was created uh when it schismed if you will away from the original bitcoin in uh, in 2017 and so now they're getting together down in st kitts you just got there within the last what 24 hours or so tell us about what's happening there i got there about we got in about 48 hours ago uh we spent yesterday kind of hanging out getting the lay of the land today's been set up all day for the conference Mm -hmm. um but it's pretty awesome. There's people from all over the world here. There's people from Norway, Germany, Japan, Argentina, Brazil. Um, people from around the U.S. There's people from Australia. Um, it's pretty impressive. I've met like a lot of people, a lot of different accents. Um, surprising, the number of them are very familiar with the Free State Project, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Nice. So you, but yeah, everybody's everybody's pretty stoked, and there's there's been a lot of talk about this whole the whole TRX thing, same bank and freedom. It's been brought up a lot. I a lot of this is over my head. I'm like fairly new to the crypto space, but I'm learning a lot. 
Well, yeah, I mean, this is you sink or swim in in this place sometimes, you know, and this guy is just just the latest, you know, whether he was committing fraud on purpose or he's just incompetent. uh, He mismanaged other people's money. And of course, the mistake was always putting money in somebody else's hands, putting uh, cryptocurrency in in somebody else's hands. But one of the things I really wanted you to talk about here tonight, because I knew you were going on this trip, you were visiting us over the weekend here in Keene prior to uh, to heading out, was I definitely want to hear. Yeah. Is it true there have been a lot of claims that the Caribbean islands, specifically St. Kitts and its neighboring island, St. Martin, are two of the hottest hotspots in the world, maybe the hottest as far as crypto acceptance per capita as far as business owners are concerned? If you go to the Bitcoin.com map, I think it's map.bitcoin.com. It'll show you. Yep, that's it. Yeah, it shows you. There's like a hundred something businesses, 160 the last time I looked. Wow. You know, a lot of businesses about who you know. Do you have a good relationship with people? You, if you, if you've got a good relationship with somebody, you can go in there and you can make something happen that any old salesman off the street is not going to be able to do. So that's what he's done. Is he's just gone to all of his business connections and said, "Hey, look." You want to start taking Bitcoin Cash? I'll let you pay me in it, right? Because usually one of the challenges for business owners when they start taking cryptocurrencies, they can't buy things with it, right? Like they can't go to their wholesalers and spend it. So he he's sort of completing that circuit for these business owners. So it's like a no-brainer. Why wouldn't they take it as long as people are actually spending it? Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. And now, you know, there's still some places on the island that don't take it. And, Mm. you know, we've gone around and done some exploring. And you go in, I would imagine after this weekend, some of these stores who don't take crypto, mm-hmm. they're like, man, all these people are asking if we say BCH, maybe we should start taking it, you know, because it's, now there's like external pressure too. So, you know, if, if you're getting your stuff from the liquor distributor and he's like, yeah, you should take, you should use BCH, you can pay, you can buy your the liquor with it. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, okay, maybe that's good. Maybe I don't want to take that. I don't know how many people are going to spend it. Well, you get a weekend where there's hundreds of people coming through begging to give you BCH. Yeah. That's good for adoption. That's, that's good good social pressure. And I Absolutely. love I love that for the first time that I'm aware of that here is a you know cryptocurrency that competes with you know, government state based currencies that can be adopted voluntarily, and that's how it's going to happen. It's going to be a grassroots movement. It's going to be people who know other people and trust them with previous engagements, whether it's a customer-to-business relationship, a business-to-business relationship, whatever that may be, advocating for it and going, hey, you know what? I think it's time. And so like you're describing there, that's the way it's going to happen, in my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty cool to watch, too. Like like this guy, um, this guy, Sonny. If somebody says, oh, maybe tomorrow or maybe next time you come in, I'm like, well, I have the machine in my car. <laughs> just bring, it, bring it right to you. Like, let me show you how it works. Let me let me get it in your hand. When you say you machine, you mean like a tablet? Letting... You mean like a phone or something like that, a he's, device? Yeah, he's setting them up with a, with a phone. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then on the phone, um, are they using the, the official Bitcoin.com uh, merchant acceptance so. app? I do believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not positive on that. I know it, it looks like the Bitcoin.com wallet to me. It may be the merchant version. I'm not positive. Yeah. It's um, probably it's their merchant cool. app because you, the- what you don't want to do is you don't want to give uh, your you know your cashier, you don't want to give them access to your bank account, right? So you don't want to give them your, your full-on right. app to where they can send the Bitcoin cash. You only just make it so they can receive it. 
Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. Speaking of Tel Aviv, that actually brings up the, the conspiracy theory that I have here about FTX, this Bitcoin exchange mm. that has gone uh, bankrupt as of this week. The theory from Thor Maximalist on Twitter, he says, Sam Bankman Fried was a deep state Mossad operative that had the objective to destroy the credibility of the crypto industry. They used Mossad assets, contacts, credibility, and raised from some of the biggest investors in the world to establish credibility. They social engineered the world's most credible investors into buying into the in into buying in the form without getting any board seats. They used that money to buy every media spot and grow users' deposits. Return on investment was calculated well, on Well, that de- last about board seats could well be important because generally, if you've got an out-of-control CEO, who's going to catch them? The, the board. board. Right. They don't have a board, apparently. Or at, least like not a, uh, or at least they have a board that's that they managed to exclude all of their savvy investors from, mm-hmm. which makes me wonder how we're defining savvy investors. Right. Um, <laughs> they say here that point. return on investment was calculated on user deposits. They never intended to repay them. They used their planted journalists to shape the perception people had of Sam. That's the CEO or was he's resigned now under the bankruptcy. They make him look like the boy wonder who could do no wrong, establishing his credibility while never pointing to the conflict of interest of Alameda, which was another company that he formed uh, trading against their customers. They use the contacts and funds to launder money to massage chosen candidate and get him in front of politicians as the most credible actor in the industry. And yes, they did fund the Biden campaign, by the way. Uh, FTX, the uh, Sam Bankman fried donated yeah. billions. I huh, think weird. Uh, mm-hmm. The goal ensure you know, it's poli- a two for one. They can rob crypto people and at the same time damage crypto. So it's yeah. like, you know, Double your money, double your fun. And to be fair, this is just a conspiracy theory that I'm sharing that that he's cooked up, but it's interesting. They don't talk about using crypto as a currency or what they're doing down there in the islands right now in the Caribbean. They don't talk about that. That's not the focus at all. Uh, and that's not what the tools are that are d- you know designed in the industry. There's a very slim pickings as far as like point of sale software. Uh, and it's it's tough out there to you know to uh, to spread this stuff because the average crypto person is not anything more than somebody who's just simply buying in the hopes that the number's going to go up over time. And, and hopefully that'll change over time, but we're not there yet. Unfortunately, that I would say I would say that's true. I think some of the uh, insane returns have been uh, part of the reason that people lost track of 
okay, we're undertaking a technical project here to provide something that's never existed before. Mm -hmm. And where do you want to put your money? Well, where it will pay for the best development is, is really, I mean, that's the thing that's going to most benefit the market as a whole. Um, But uh, my theory has been from the beginning that there were massive pumps from the Federal Reserve going into uh, Blockcoin uh, or blockchain. Uh, what What's the word I'm looking for? Blockstream coin. Yeah, right, yeah. um, maybe they were maybe they were behind this FTX thing too. Maybe this kid Sam Bankman Fried, who's got parents that are connected with the World Economic Forum and or, or an aunt that's connected with them, and his dad is like you know a big regulating kind of uh, character from what I've seen. Maybe they had something to do with this FTX uh, failure, and it was all plotted from the beginning. But uh, there's a little bit more here from Thor Maximalist on Twitter. He says, so Sam has this $20 billion hedge fund called Alameda, which is now offline. Their team of quants would analyze every possible way to destroy decentralized money. Captain, you were just saying off the air that it's very difficult right now for you to just buy some Bitcoin. You yeah. want to buy at this lower price point, yeah. but you're having a hell of a time trying to figure out how to do it. Well, it it's not that I can't. I could, but I don't want to connect a bank account to one of these centralized exchanges with all of the KYC and all mm-hmm. that kind of crap. Your customer requirements, you know? yeah. So, like... Yeah, uh, I have to. I have to go old school and you know rely on the person to. Per- I mean, the way it, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, whatever, they're all supposed to be peer to peer currencies, right? So that means I'm supposed to be able to go find a person who's got some to sell, uh, make an agreement, and then you know we exchange, and and that's all there is to it. Uh, no KYC involved, and so I have to go old school, which is probably the proper way, in my opinion, to go about. Uh, you know, getting yourself some cryptocurrency. If you've never bought any, you know, find somebody who has some. Be like, dude, can I? How do I get some? Can I perform a service for yeah. you? Can I, you know, earn it somehow? That's the best way. You know, to get it, that's right? in my opinion get the best way. Yeah, in cryptocurrency. In fact, I, I did some work recently, and uh, I will be paid uh, in some cryptocurrency. Sweet. So, yeah, it's you know, uh, it's side work type stuff. So I've got a regular yeah. day job, but like I do some side things, and I try from time to time to earn cryptocurrency. So, you know. Uh, I get some that way. Yeah, and and I'm sure nobody you agree with this that one of the major failures in crypto over the last decade has been the centralization of it. That there's so many different companies out there that they're happy to hold on to your crypto for you, and then they go and they do things like investing it behind your back, and they take risks with it that you may not have been willing to take, and then it goes bye bye. Yeah, well, it's. Uh... It, it it can be virtuous to say, well, maybe the problem is not in our stars, but in ourselves, as, as Shakespeare wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and what has the Bitcoin community done badly uh, that may have contributed to this? Well, user interface, I think, is one of the big things. Uh, the uh, The wallets are not particularly... Uh, easy to use from mm-hmm. the point of view of a technophobe. 
all of this information is out there. All of the information you need to protect yourself, to make sure that you don't get ripped off, to make sure that when an exchange goes down, you minimize your risk. All of this information exists. It's on the Internet. It's on YouTube. It's on Twitter. It's on all of the social media sites. It exists. It's in book form. It's in digital format. It's in audio format. It's in video format. You pick like how you want to learn about it. So at, to some extent... If you lost your ass on something like FTX, you're partially to blame because you didn't Mm -hmm. insulate yourself enough. You didn't educate yourself enough on proper handling of your cryptocurrency keys. Yeah. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody? Go ahead. Just absolutely agree. I mean, uh, a lot of the reason I think that Mt. Gox failed, my personal guess is that he didn't start start out to rip anybody off he just didn't know what the hell he was doing and not knowing what the hell you're doing often leads to damage to other people mm-hmm. um especially and, and damage to yourself yeah huh? yeah especially if millions of dollars yeah. in uh, in value are involved it's or in true this case, billions of dollars and that's one of the reasons why they're comparing this now to enron uh, the former Treasury Secretary of uh, the Clinton and Obama administrations took a look at this. Of course, Enron was 22 years ago, according to FoxBusiness.com. He listed various aspects that seemingly factored into his reasoning. This, he said, quote, the smartest guys in the room, not just financial error, but certainly from the reports, whiffs of fraud, stadium namings, very early in a company's history, apparently both Enron and uh, FTX did that vast explosion of wealth. Well, that speaks to a lot of a lot of ego. It certainly doesn't improve the. I mean, your customers aren't deriving any any service from nope. having a stadium named after you. No, nope, it's just a big. Like you said, it's ego thing. It's like, oh look, we've got our our name, or in this case, his name well, and his face was the primary advertisement. There, there's something to that though, because people uh, easily duped people, I guess will buy into the image of prestige. Mm -hmm. Keep custody of your own Bitcoin, your own cryptocurrency. If you don't know how to do this, look up some tutorials. If you're if you're a brand new user, I get it, right? Like there's there's a learning curve and you all you know is, oh, I signed up for Coinbase or I signed up for, you know, FTX or Or whatever. Or I downloaded an app from the Play Store and now it's just numbers, right? If you don't know the you know, basics, the 101, right? Not your keys, not your coins is so cryptocurrency 101. I can't yeah. even tell you how kindergarten it is. But they don't teach you this on the exchanges. No, they, they tell don't. you, oh, your currency's safe here. Just leave it Or with in us. the apps that you download. Yeah, yeah, so you've got to figure out which wallets are what they call non-custodial, meaning that the wallet company does not have custody of your funds. You do. It's kind of a confusing term, non-custodial, right? Like, you want custody of your own funds, and that's what a non-custodial wallet does. Uh, And these other things, like FTX, Coinbase, these are what they call custodial wallets, where this company that you don't know has custody over your funds. That could mean they go out of business, like FTX is doing, go bankrupt. could mean they get hacked and, and lose your customer funds that way. And it could mean that they just you know simply mismanage things and lose your, your money. The government could come in and say, freeze their account, and then they could freeze your account just like a bank would do. These are all potential things that can happen when you right. leave your crypto in somebody else's hands. So there is one other aspect of this that I think is worth, uh, worth talking about, and that is that what do you do for exchange purposes? Well, there are what they call non-KYC exchanges 
that uh, you know, are a step in the right direction, but they still some of them still hold your funds. So what you really want to look into is decentralized finance, yeah. or what they call decentralized exchanges. Now, to be fair, this is a bit of a more advanced topic. They're getting easier to use, and what we're starting to see happen is things like uh, ThorChain, which is a decentralized exchange, are being integrated behind the scenes into other decentralized finance apps. It's a very special holiday, of course, uh, for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time and a lot of Veterans Days uh, either ignoring or, uh, you know, not thanking veterans. Uh, this year, it's a little bit different. I've changed my tune. And I want to say thank you to all the veterans today, particularly the ones who are online and who have, you know, updated their profile pic with, you know, themselves in uniform or, you know, otherwise, you know, participating uh, in that kind of thing. Because it lets us know where you are. It lets us know that? that you really don't care about freedom at all. It lets us know who the order followers are. Mm. It lets us know who will obey the politicians' orders when it comes time to murder some more people. In fact, if you're a veteran and you claim to care about freedom, uh, you should be at the steps of the White House right now. Doing if you, what? If you claim to, to defend freedom and to fight for freedom. What do you mean by that? Like, what are well, they going to do Because the, the United House? States government is the largest threat to freedom. Oh, I see what you mean. That we currently live under. And so there's all these people being thanked for their contribution to freedom when they really haven't. All they've done is obeyed politicians' orders mm. to go and murder people they've never met for you know some sort of a squabble that they have no real involvement in and under the illusion that they're doing it for freedom. They're not doing it for freedom. They did it to build the empire. Well, and the smart ones figured that out. Right. Like they realized it too late. They'd already joined the military and then they went over and they you know, started being ordered to do all these horrific things to, uh, to innocent people. And not till af- and, after they suffer some PTSD for the rest of their lives. Yeah, among other tragic. things, It's tragic. I mean, well, I, I feel for those guys that they bought into the the lies hook, line and sinker. They thought they were doing something for freedom, but they were really just obeying politicians. And then they hurt themselves in the process mentally and maybe physically. I've counseled people in my in my church who yeah. who are ex-military, and it's hard for them to. Uh, first off, it's hard for them to admit the truth to themselves because they can keep telling themselves they're a hero as long as they want, and and a lot of them stop, and mm-hmm. then it's very difficult for them to forgive themselves. Mm-hmm. So. I uh, I have a great deal of of sympathy for people in in that uh, in in that position. I guess is, yeah, is, I'm, is I'm very I'll willing. Think. And it could have been me. I joined the military when I was 25, and lucky for me, they threw my butt out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm not beyond forgiving, and in fact, I think mm-hmm. I'm a very forgiving person, particularly mm-hmm. for people who were in the military and have. Sort of I know come you are, but I wanted to, to say that to the audience who might not know that about you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I, uh, go I, ahead. I just want mm-hmm. to point out that it's sort of self-revealing 
when you change your photo and you still spout the status nonsense of, mm. you know, and, and other people congratulate you. And, you know, if you walk around with a sense of entitlement, I remember uh, last year I was I was outside of New Hampshire uh, for Veterans Day. I was at a very busy bar, restaurant type thing. And uh, this guy comes in and, you know, the waitress hands him a menu. So what can I get? He's like, I'll have a beer or whatever. And then she comes over to take her. He's like, oh, do you have a veteran's menu? Hmm. And she's like, well, it's uh, whatever's on the menu you have in front of you, but it's, you know, 10% off or whatever okay. it is, right? And he's like, oh, well, I came here specifically because your website says you have a veteran's menu. That's, <laughs> you know, and like, I'm like, who Talk the about hell are you, dude? Yeah. And, and this is the problem with the folks who never come out of the brainwashing of either the public school system or the military, mm-hmm. that they have this sense of entitlement. They will tell you on a daily basis, they're, I fought for your freedoms. No, you didn't. You didn't fight yeah. for anybody's freedoms. You fought and for politicians. They tell you they fought for one of your freedoms is because they're trying to tell you not to exercise them. Mm. Like, you can't say mean things about the government. I fought for your freedoms. Right. Your free- now, my up. freedom to do what? To right. say mean things about the government. We go to David. He's in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. David. Yeah, Veterans Day and what you're talking about, in my opinion, um, which seems to jibe with yours, about a two-part opinion here. Part one is you cannot defend the country, if we define the country as we the people, the citizens, by joining the U.S. military because the U.S. military appears to be controlled by illegitimate governors. I don't mean governors of states. I mean those that govern. And so uh, a better alternative, in my opinion, which is part two, is if you truly want to serve your country and defend we the people or your neighbors, your friends, your family, um, uh, look at the state-of-the-art military equipment that people use nowadays, <clears throat> special operators, infantry, whatever, uh, you know, uh, firearms, uh, uh, protective equipment, uh, helmets, night vision, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it, it should all be legal, but apparently in some states you can't buy body armor. That's true. But buy, yeah. buy those items in addition to having your food supplies or whatever else, but buy those military-type items, which you are uh, uh, encouraged to buy under the Second Amendment. That's what the founders meant when they put a Second Amendment in there. They wanted you to be fully armed to, to a military standard so that nobody could come and kill you and take your stuff. And so if you want to serve your country and defend the people, do that. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yes. I just want to, I learned about this corral cows that we're going to bring into New Mexico. And they're uh, Spanish cows. And they're smaller and they're more acclimated to eat the shrubs and things. L heifers? What did you say? L heifers? La heifers. They're called the corral cow. They're actually the cow family. They're not goats. How do you spell that? I, I don't really I just heard it really quiet. There's two two parts to it, but they're from Spain. But they're smaller. Hmm. Uh, but they're related to the from Longhorn, Texas cow or something. So I just heard it really quick. But um I, I don't know, but uh, I guess hmm. about the the Madrid I mean, it's become more more of arid climate. So the if they run out of grass, they'll be able to eat, like, uh, shrubs and things like that around this area. 
So, and then they want they want uh, like a hybrid. I I don't know if these cows could be hybrid with the cows that are here. I I don't know how to do that. Are they? I mean, the gen, their genes have to match, so right? These but are I, cows that come from Spain. You're saying they're smaller than your typical cow, and they eat right. The Angus is the most popular cow mm-hmm. in America, but they're actually from England. But they mostly graze on grass. You've got to have grass. These ones the Spanish cows from England? <laughs> no, no, the Spanish cows are Carrero cows, and they eat more of the shrubs and whatever that's laying around here. And like do they still, are they still useful for milking, or is it just for for beef, or what? Yeah, I think it's for most, mostly for protein. Uh-huh. I, I, don't think, I don't think they're for, like, uh, no for the milk cows, but kind of fascinating, because I never knew that. There were so many variations in cow species, and I, and I, I never knew that. There well, it's that like there's a whole world out there, Sarah. Have you <laughs> well, ever considered I, moving I, to Spain? I hear there's a lot of communists out there. Well, you know what? I was told that Italy, Spain, and France is have turned quite communist. That's why yeah. they have had so much socialized medicine. Right. Imagine um, that. You could just fly there. And then you could become a uh, commie with all the others out there and then get yourself free everything. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com, or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.